0: Since we entered this millennium, every election that takes place seems to be unprecedented in its importance concerning the destiny of America. Well, it's election time again. And though this is a midterm election, it is absolutely critical. The current occupant of the Oval Office has run our country into the ground. And the only hope of stopping the bleeding... Is to gain control of the House and Senate in order to hopefully keep him in check for the next two years. In the year 2000, George W. Bush narrowly defeated Al Gore by winning the Electoral College while losing the popular vote. And if that wasn't enough controversy, the election results hung in the balance of hanging chads. Gore demanded a recount And the Bush victory was finally made official after a month of drama. Come to think of it, the media never called Gore's supporters terrorists for protesting the election results. And if you thought Gore was as liberal as they come, in 2004, Bush ran for re-election against John Kerry, who lowered the bar. In 2008... Media darling Barack Hussein Obama defeated the first official rhino, John McCain, in what could be described as the perfect storm. At that point, Obama appeared to dethrone Jimmy Carter as the worst president in my lifetime, and that's saying a lot, taking LBJ into consideration. Obama easily defeated the king of rhinos, Mitt Romney, for re-election. By now, the trend is obvious. The Democrats are getting brazenly more left-wing, while the Republicans are becoming more like Democrats. I've heard people say, if JFK were around today, he would be considered dangerously conservative. Well, actually, that was me that said that. Then, in 2016, the unthinkable happened. Donald Trump won the Republican nomination. Then even more inconceivable, I do not think that word means what you think it means, Trump beat Hillary Clinton, who almost everyone, myself included, thought she was destined for coronation. Many believe that voters were not for Trump as much as they were against Clinton. I have a close friend who went to Berkeley And then voted Democrat for 50 years, and he told me even he could not vote for Hillary. Democrat and Republican insiders and the media hated Trump so much that his only supporters were the American people, and we were not enough to get him reelected. The 2020 election will go down in my book as the darkest day in U.S. history. Joe Biden who lowered the liberal standard beyond comprehension, stole the election fair and square. When campaigning, Biden said, you can't legislate by executive order unless you're a dictator. Then he signed 33 executive orders his first week in office and over 60 in the first 100 days. To date, he has signed 104 executive orders, 108 presidential memoranda, 343 proclamations, and 64 notices. Well, so much for campaign rhetoric. So once again, we're at a crossroad. Joe Biden has proclaimed, we are in a battle for the soul of our nation. That's the only thing I have ever agreed with him about. Folks, I believe the future of our great country is at stake. This brings me to the point of this podcast. We must take action. We need to be active. We need to campaign. We need to vote. We need to use the tools at our disposal. But that is not enough. In the 5th century BC, Jerusalem was in ruins. Nehemiah was granted permission by Artaxerxes to rebuild the walls of the city he loved and the history it held. As reconstruction was underway, his narrative describes builders with tools in one hand and weapons in the other. We need to use our tools, our voices, and our votes, but we also need to use our weapons. Wait a minute, Jim. Are you promoting violent revolution? No, I'm not talking about physical weapons. Although I am a believer in the Second Amendment and the right to bear arms. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians, The weapons of our warfare are not physical, but powerful through God for the pulling down of strongholds. In Ephesians he says, Our struggle is not against flesh and blood but it is against rulers, against powers, against world forces of darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in high places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the spirit and be alert with all perseverance and every request for the saints. You see, I believe that Behind the people who are doing evil in our country and around the world, there is spiritual evil at work. We cannot combat spiritual wickedness with human effort alone. We must pray like our lives depend on it. We must pray like our children's future depends on it. We must reclaim and rebuild the walls of our city and the history it holds. Speaking of history, how many times have you heard the claim that the Founding Fathers were not Christians? Did you know that over half of the signers of the Declaration of Independence were educated in the equivalent of what today would be seminaries or Bible schools? Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Jefferson are recognized as the least religious of the Founders. And yet, Franklin drafted a statewide prayer proclamation for his own state, Pennsylvania, and recommended Christianity in the state's public schools, and called for the establishment of chaplains and daily prayer at the conventional convention. Jefferson recommended that the national motto include the word God, and as president, closed documents with, in the year of our Lord Christ. I have visited the Jefferson Memorial several times where I found the following quotes. Almighty God hath created the mind free. All attempts to influence it by temporal punishments or burdens are a departure from the plan of the holy author of our religion. God who gave us life gave us liberty. Can the liberties of a nation be secure when we have removed a conviction that these liberties are a gift of God? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Well, Mr. Jefferson, indeed, I tremble as well. In his book, A Christian Manifesto, Francis Schaeffer said, The state must be made to feel the presence of the Christian community. No one has done more in this area than the Justice Foundation, a Christian law firm who was instrumental in overturning Roe v. Wade. They lobbied and campaigned tirelessly to see the overthrow of the ungodly law permitting the slaughter of innocent children. We still have a long way to go, But it is a start. I have been honored to give the invocation at their annual banquet on several occasions. At one such occasion, I quoted a prayer of Daniel for his people. Listen to this O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant and faithfulness for those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned, we have done wrong, and acted wickedly, and rebelled, even turning aside from your commandments and ordinances. Moreover, we have not listened to your servants, the prophets who speak in your name, and to our kings, and our leaders, and our fathers, and all the people of the land. Righteousness belongs to you, Lord, but to us open shame. As it is this day to the men of Judah, the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and all Israel, those who are nearby and those who are far away, in all the countries to which you have driven them because of their unfaithful deeds which they have committed against you. Open shame belongs to us, Lord, to our kings, our leaders, our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong compassion and forgiveness, Because we have rebelled against him, and we have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his teachings, which he set before us through his servants, the prophets. Indeed, all Israel has violated your law and turned aside, not obeying your voice. So the curse has gushed forth on us, along with the oath which was written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. So he has confirmed his words, which he had spoken against us and against our rulers, who ruled us to bring on us great disaster. For under the entire heaven there has not been done anything like what was done in Jerusalem. Just as it is written in the law of Moses, all this disaster has come on us, yet we have not sought the favor of the Lord our God by turning from our wrongdoing and giving attention to your truth. So the Lord has kept the disaster in store, and brought it on us, for the Lord our God is righteous with respect to all his deeds, which he has done, but we have not obeyed his voice. And now, Lord our God, you who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and made a name for yourself, as it is this day, we have sinned, we have been wicked. Lord, in accordance with all your righteous acts, let now your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy mountain. For because of our sins and the wrongdoings of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become an object of taunting to all those around us. So now our Lord God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas. And for your sake, Lord, Let your face shine on your desolate sanctuary. My God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city which is called by your name. For we are not presenting our pleas before you based on any merits of our own, but based on your great compassion. Lord, hear. Lord, forgive. Lord, listen and take action. For your own sake, my God, do not delay, because your city and your people are called by your name. You can find this prayer in Daniel chapter 9. I recommend reading it and inserting America for Judah or Israel and Washington for Jerusalem. It'll really hit home. God laments to Ezekiel. I searched for a man among them who would build up a wall and stand in the gap before me for the land so that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. I believe God is searching for those who will stand in the gap and intercede for America, and I pray that he does find ones who will do this. As Americans... We must take action. We need to be active. We need to campaign. We need to vote. We need to use the tools at our disposal. And as Christians, we must take up the weapons of spiritual warfare and pray like we have never prayed. Isaiah sixty-two six reads, On your walls, Jerusalem, I have appointed watchmen. All day and all night, they will never keep silent. You who profess the Lord, take no rest for yourselves. We must take no rest for ourselves. We must pray and faint not. We must pray without ceasing. We must fast and pray. We must pray like our lives depend on it. We must pray like our children's future depends on it. We must pray like America's future depends on it. We must reclaim and rebuild the walls of our city and the history it holds. We are in a battle for the soul of our nation. This is Jim Barrier on World News Brief.